0: We're glad you're here this weekend. We're in this series called Authentic. And, um, and so let, let, me, let me just tell you where to turn uh, if you follow along in Scripture. So you can click to or turn to, and I'm going to have you turn to uh, like two groups of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5 and Proverbs chapter 3. So Matthew chapter 5 is, is the Beatitudes. We're taking one Beatitude a weekend. And then we're going to use Proverbs chapter 3 as is, is like a commentary on, on the Beatitudes. So you either click to, turn to. So if, if you're a high-tech person you use a phone or an iPad, you can, you, can, you can turn or click to Matthew chapter 5 and then bookmark Proverbs chapter 3. Or like if you're old school, you turn to Matthew chapter 3 and then use that ribbon, whatever it's called, and, and mark proverbs chapter three okay and so we're in this series authentic and we're looking at what it means to be authentic because if you look at our world today especially with social media and all these other things and studies report that it's, harder, it's getting harder and harder for people to be in authentic relationships. It's getting harder and harder for them to be in authentic race relationships, face-to-face relationships, uh, where, they're, where they're really like, honest with their, themselves, they're honest with, with one another, and they're, they're honest with God. And so, so this morning I, I've entitled this message, well, let me, let me tell you where this message comes from. This, this message actually comes from hashtag TBH. And so I, I almost just called it that, but I was worried that a lot of you are not social media savvy like me and you would not know what that means. And so let me, let me tell you what that means. Hashtag TBH simply means this, to be honest. And so right now over various uh, social media platforms, uh, this is trending and people are using hashtag TBH uh, to be honest. And so that doesn't mean that, that they haven't been honest up until this point. That doesn't mean that they haven't been truthful up until this point. What that means is simply this, is, you know what, I just need to be honest. And you may not like what I have to say. You may not like what I'm about ready to tell you. In other words, I I have some truthful things to tell you that that may may be hard for you to receive. In other words, really, if we just think about that, Jesus did that right. I mean, if we just look at the ministry of Jesus and walk through the Gospels, we realize that, that Jesus had this, this message to the masses, to large groups of people, then to the twelve, and then, and then to the, the, like the inner three. And there were times that Jesus would say, I tell you the truth. Or verily, 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 I say unto you if you're a King James type person. In other words, it didn't mean that Jesus wasn't being honest up until this point. What it means is this, is Jesus saying, you know what, I, I have some hard things to tell you. I had some things, you know, to be honest. Listen, let me tell you something, every one of us in this room, we we need some TBH people around us. We need some people that we're in relationship with that that has the freedom with with with, with without any um, without any response from us to harm them or to hurt them, we to to be able to say, you know what, to be honest. I just I just don't think you're thinking clearly. To be honest, I, I don't know if that's like the best, you know, to be honest, I'm just going to have to push back on that. I, I think that if you were to ask the average person, like on the street, and ask them what, what, do, you, what do you want in life, many people are going to say, you know what, I, I just want to be happy. That's all I want. I, I just, I, I want to be happy. And then if you have a deeper conversation with them, you realize that not a lot of people are happy. Uh, many years back, we had, a, we had friends, a couple. Uh, that was friends with Karen and I. And so she would talk, the lady would talk often and says, you know what, the only time I'm happy is on vacation. And they, they were fortunate. They vacationed eight to 10 weeks out of the year, which is for us, that would be like huge. That is like a lot. And for like a lot of us in this room, right? And so eight to 10 weeks out of the year, they're, they're vacationing. And she would say, you know what, the only time I'm happy is on vacation. I mean, when I'm not on vacation, I'm just, I'm looking forward to that next vacation when I can be happy. And so Jesus begins in these Beatitudes, and so he begins these Beatitudes with this word, with this word blessed. And so we looked at the definition of that word last week, and blessed means a different form of happiness. Blessed means to, to be content, to be fulfilled in life. Uh, It means to have joy. It means to have happiness that that the world can't take away It means to have happiness that that, that is not based upon vacations Not based upon circumstances not based upon relationships or things going well in your life And so Jesus begins talking about this issue of blessedness or this issue of happiness to where happiness doesn't depend on What's happening to you blessedness conveys this this continual contentment in life? Jesus said this to disciples before he left, he said, John 16:22. he says, so also you have sorrow now. And he's talking about he's about ready to go to the cross. And then he says, but, but I will see you again. Your heart, hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. That's what he's talking about, blessedness. That it is possible to have this have this contentment, to have this fulfillment in the midst of the circumstances, situations that you're in now. Jesus in the beatitude that we're gonna look at today is Matthew chapter five, verse three, and he said, Blessed are the the poor in spirit, for theirs is is the kingdom of heaven. Listen, let me tell you something. This is just a little bit of, of, of 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 Bible language time. Um, Put that, put that verse back up there, would you? I'm sorry. So, so, okay. So in the ESV, it said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Let me tell you something. Jesus, Jesus spoke this in Aramaic. Aramaic was like the Hebrew language of the day. And so Jesus spoke in Greek and Jesus spoke in Aramaic. Aramaic was a more direct language than Greek. And so Jesus spoke this phrase, blessed are the poor in spirit. And and here's the, here's the thing about that. In Aramaic, uh, in the original language, it doesn't say "blessed are the poor in spirit." It said, "blessed is the poor in spirit." Oh, the blessedness of the poor in spirit! And so, when they were translating Aramaic to English in the English language, "blessed is the poor in spirit" would be improper grammar. It'd just be like wrong. And so, they changed the "is" to "are." And let me tell you why it's such a big deal. Because it's such a big deal because of this: "blessed are the poor in spirit." the The word "are." communicates that's something in advance that's something you'll have one day that's something that some future tense Saying, listen, Jesus spoke that and He said, "Is." He said pl- present tense. In other words, thank you. You can take that down. In other words, He says, "Blessed is the poor in spirit." In other words, what He's saying is this: You can have that fulfillment. You can have that contentment. You can have that happiness now in the season and in the, in the life that that, that that you're living in. So Jesus taught to be poor in spirit is to is to be able to acknowledge God, to understand that we are desperately in need of God. We're in need of His forgiveness. We're in need of His love to. Really realize that our 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 helplessness is totally dependent on him psalm 34 8 says oh taste and see that the lord is good here we go again blessed is the man blessed is the woman who who takes refuge in him in other words to take refuge in him means to trust him means to depend on him and and so jesus is talking about these eight different ways that, that we can be blessed in life and i don't know if you're like me but but i want to be blessed right I mean, when, when I start reading things in scriptures about how to be blessed, there's, there's something about that. And, and to be honest, as we, as we look at scripture, we find that the problem isn't with God. God desires to bless us, and many times we, the problem's with us. And many times we just don't put ourselves in a position or a situation uh, to be blessed. So be, to be poor in spirit simply means to depend on, to trust in God and, and not myself. To be poor in spirit means that I, I totally and completely trust God. Proverbs chapter 3, we're just going to walk through that verse by verse, and we're going to use it as a commentary on on Matthew chapter 5. Here's here's what Proverbs 3 says, starting with verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight, or make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will be bursting with, with wine. Now listen, I, I, I want to give you three things this, this weekend uh, for you just maybe to take with you. And, and you know what? One of my prayers is it is will start a lot of conversations this would start a lot of conversations in our homes. This would co- start a lot of conversations in our marriages. This would start a lot of conversations in like our life groups or our Bible studies to where we would start talking about this issue because there's a lot of people that say, you know what, God, God's a priority in my life. God's like number one in my life. God is like everything in my life. And, and so a lot of times we say that and we say that because we know, we know we're supposed to say it. We're like church people. We're like Christians. And so that's like, that's like the Christian answer. But to be honest... If he is number one in our life, he is like a priority in our life, then these three statements that comes out of Proverbs chapter 3 will also be true in our life. And the first statement is this, is, is I trust him. The first statement that we're going to have to make, just to, to be honest, that, it, that if, if we're going to come to that place to where we depend on him and we trust in him, is, is, is I trust him. In other words, to be blessed by God first depends on do, do I trust him? Do I trust his wisdom or mine? In other words, do I, do I listen to what God says? Do I know what God says? Do I read his word? Do I take his word? Do I apply his word to my life as, as many people are doing this weekend just in the area of baptism to where scripture teaches us that, that after we make that decision, after we make that decision to follow Christ, then, then, we're, then we're baptized and we're baptized by immersion and all those other things. I mean, we've we watched that play out. We'll continue to watch that play out this weekend. In other words, do I, do I take his word? Do I read it and do I apply it to my life? Proverbs 14.12 is like, for me, is like one of those sobering passages in in Proverbs. Proverbs 14.12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. In other words, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to a dead end. It leads to a catastrophe. It leads to a problem. There's a way that that seems right to us, and, and it... But in its end, it it's like it just didn't end it just didn't end well. I mean, have, have you ever in life had, had had this feeling that you know what, something is right. This is like the perfect relationship, this is gonna be the perfect decision, this is the perfect choice for me, and then and then it didn't turn out very good. Yeah. Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to everyone, and see that's why we need TBH people around us. That's why we need people to say, you know what, to be honest. To be honest, I don't think it's going to end well for you. To be honest, I don't don't think you're you're looking at this right. And we also, especially with church people, we we also have to be careful of the God card. One thing that we don't do in leadership here at Fellowship of the Rockies, one thing that I don't do, I don't throw down the God card. I don't go to someone and say, hey, God told me to do this because who's going to argue with God? A lot of times in churches, a lot of times in Christian circles, we go, you know what? We just throw out the God card. Here's something better for us to do with those TBH people and leadership and whatever. is say. you know what, Here, here's what I think God is telling me. Here's what I think God is leading me to do. What do you think? What do you think? See, because this Proverbs is true, there's a way, I mean, there's a way that seems right to every one of us. But it, but if we're not careful, if we're not careful, it, it, it could end in, in, in death. And, and there's so many times, and I think so many of us in this room, we give testimonies when we thought something was, was a good idea at the time. We thought it was the perfect relationship, it was a perfect situation, it was a perfect decision, it was a perfect choice to make. And all of a sudden, it just, it, it didn't end well. We've all had that feeling or that hunch or, or that, that this is gonna be the perfect situation and it, and it just turned into be like a dead end, like this is the perfect person I should date or this is the perfect person that I should marry and, and then all of a sudden we get into that and we realize and it's a disaster. Man, this can happen in friendships, this can happen in marriage, this can happen in relationships, this can happen in business. Many of us can talk about painful experiences that we thought, man, this was a perfect decision. It just, it seemed like the stars were lining up. It seems like it was just there for a reason. And listen, let me tell you something, in case you don't know this, your feelings will mislead you. Your feelings will lie to you. And your feelings, listen, your feelings will try to justify all kinds of stuff to you. Listen, just so you know, feelings lie. And feelings will lie to you. Listen, I don't know why this is in my life. Um, and, and a counselor tried to help me with it after the service and, and, uh, last night. Um, but I, I don't know why this is in my life. But every year, for about six weeks, I have a desire to listen to country and western music. I don't know if that means I'm depressed. I don't know if it's seasonal depression. So this counselor met with me after the service, hey, Pastor Charlie, I just need to ask you some questions. I'm like, really? And so, uh, so we, anyway, you probably don't care why, but anyway, for six weeks out of the year, for whatever reason, I don't know why it is, I listen to country and western music. And so I, I was going through that season here a few months ago. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, song comes on the radio. There's this lady singing to a man, and she's singing, and she's saying, how can it be so wrong when it feels so right? That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> really? You're, you're like, lady, you're, if you know the song, lady, you're breaking up two marriages. You're hurting two families. You're hurting two kids. Really? Really, there's another song that says, and he's saying, I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? (laughs) A lot of us could talk about that, right? I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? How could this even turn out right? I mean, as I look back on it, I mean, there's a lot, listen, there's a lot of stuff that feels right. There's a lot of stuff. Listen, your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will mislead you. There is a way that seems right to every man, to every woman. But the danger is that if you go only by your feelings, if you go only by your wisdom, if you go only by your decisions, the danger is it can end in a, in a dead end. See, that's, that's why we need God's wisdom. That's why we need Christians around us. That's why we need life groups and Bible studies and, and what I would call TPH people around us that can press in and say, you know what, to be honest, I think it's your feelings. To be honest, he, here's what Scripture says. To be honest, I don't, I don't think it's going to end well for you. Proverbs 3, 5, uh, the writer, of uh, he, he wrote in Proverbs, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not, do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, do not depend on your own wisdom. Do not depend on your own feelings. Do not be, depend on your own thinking. Do not depend on, understand that, listen, there are some things in life and I'm in that season right now. There are some things in life I think we will just never understand this side of heaven. We, we just won't. And I'm telling you, if you're going to go through life and try to, you're going to try to depend on your own understanding, your own wisdom, things are not going to, some situations are not going to end well. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And listen, it, it will be given to you. This is why it's so important to life journal. This is why it's so important to read God's Word. This is why it's so important to know what God's Word says, to hear God's Word, and then to do His Word. Listen, here's the crazy thing about Scripture. God does not want dead ends in your life. God does not want you to have to go from one failure to one failure to another failure and to to, to go through that in life. Listen, when you look at Scripture, God is for you. He's not against you. And God desires to bless you, and God desires for you to succeed in life. And he wants you, he wants you to be wise, and he wants you to make wise decisions with your time and your talent and your treasures and all of those things. God, God wants, you, wants to bless you in your life. We, we looked at this this last week, God's blessing, just a definition of God's blessing. Part of God's blessing is this, is that you'll be happy, you'll have joy in all circumstances and situations in life. Isaiah 45.3, watch this, talking about some dark times in life, says, I will give you treasures of darkness in the hordes and secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. In other words, what he's talking about, he's talking about this issue of strength. He's talking about, listen, e- even in the dark seasons of life, God will give you treasures in the darkness. Man, it is so important when you and I go through the dark seasons of life that we don't depend on our understanding because we'll never figure it out. And understand that, you know what, even in the midst of the difficult circumstances, there's there's blessing. It's one of the things that we're doing in our house right now every day. We're, we're, we're talking about the blessings. What are, what are the blessings today? What are the treasures and darkness that God is giving us? I mean, because here's the crazy thing. As a pastor, I've watched people never recover from the dark seasons of their life. I've watched people never recover from betrayal. I've watched people never... Uh, uh, recover from from abuse and deep hurt and deep pain I've watched people never recover from divorce and bankruptcy and loss of jobs and loss of relationships And i've i've, I've just watched this and the reason is is because they depended on their own understanding Then they never they've never come outside of themselves and they've only depended on their own understanding They've only depended on their own own strength and listen There are some things in life that i'm just telling you we'll, we'll never understand We will never understand. Psalm 84, 5 says says this. It says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. See, that could be like a memory verse for us. Blessed are those, happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, and that was like a, a difficult season. That was deep hurt, deep pain. They make it a place of springs. In other words, they find blessing and they find joy because that's the definition of being blessed is that when you and I are able to be happy and able to have joy in any and every circumstance, the early rain also covers it with pools. And they go, listen, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before the God of, of, of Zion. In other words, they, they don't depend on their own understanding. And they understand what it means to depend on his understanding, his wisdom. The second thing, if, if you're honest, the second thing, that if you are that if you're spiritually dependent on him, if, if God is like like a priority in your life, you not only will trust him, but you will acknowledge him. And you will acknowledge him in what he says in all of your ways. Well, let's just read it. He says, In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will, he will make your paths straight. In other words, he he will answer your prayers. In other words, he he will he will guide you. He 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 will lead you. If if I acknowledge him and and so that this takes time, right? I mean, there are a lot of people that talk about priorities and everything, but listen, priorities is, is what you do, it's not what you talk about. What whatever you do or, or what your priorities because we we have a habit of humans, right? We have a habit of doing what we value and making excuses for everything else. And so all of a sudden you see that he says that 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 that, that we acknowledge him in all all that we do. In other words that that we we have we he's he's a priority. And we acknowledge him in the the difficult seasons and we acknowledge acknowledge him in the celebrations of life. And then it says, as we trust him and as we acknowledge him, that he will will make our paths straight. You know the problem with that? His timing is not our timing, right? Have you ever noticed that? Anybody in here like to wait? I hate to wait. Well, I don't mind waiting as long as I get to complain about it, right? Have I mean, you ever noticed that? Have you ever been in line at a store and the cash register, the ribbon needs to be changed or, or whatever, and there's a, like this line and they're having all kinds of problems. they got to price check something or whatever, and the lines are slow or like there's only one, you know, they got 80-something check registers or whatever, and they got one checker, you know the, how that works. And, and so, and there's like this long line. Have you ever noticed it's just human nature? Nobody minds waiting. We'll, we'll complain to strangers, Right. We'll turn it. And I can't believe this place. So, so maybe you're like me. I, I don't like to wait. But see, this says that you acknowledge, listen, you acknowledge Him while you're waiting. You acknowledge Him while you're waiting for an answer. See, sometimes in our understanding, if we're waiting, God's not working. If we're waiting, God's not doing something. See, our understanding is this, that if we have to wait, that means God's not doing something. That means God's not answering. That means God's not working. See, we don't understand. See, and our understanding is is if we're going we to wait, we need to see something happening. But see, God, God has his timing. And there, the older that I get and the more that, 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 that I watch things and I watch life, I realize that timing, timing is so important to God, Right? In the waiting, God is, God is doing something in your life, and God is doing something in their life. And, and so God's timing is, is not our timing, but it's, like, perfect. And, and, and the older I get, I realize that this issue of timing is, like, like, a pretty big deal. I mean, it's easy to see it in sports, right? I mean, like, the difference between a, a professional pitcher and, like, an amateur pitcher is timing. Uh, the difference between a, a, a professional golfer and, like, an amateur golfer it is it, it, is is timing. Um, the difference between like a professional comedian and like a pastor is like timing. <laughs> I mean, isn't that right? I mean, it, it, I mean, you just start you start realizing this. I mean, it, it's it's even in cooking. I mean, I mean, timing is important in cooking as well, right? I mean, the the I mean, like a professional cook knows that you only put the pop tarts in the toaster for thirty two seconds for the perfect pop tarts. I mean, it's it's all in timing, and so we 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 could see this. Listen, we could see this in every season of life, and 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 we could see this issue. Listen, God, and I know it's a churchy thing to say. God is never in a hurry, but He's always on time. But it's true. He's eternal. He's watching, and he's he's working, and and you know what He's seeing. To be honest. He wants to know, will you trust Him? Will you acknowledge Him? You know what I've learned? When I'm waiting and it seems like God is not doing anything, it's when He's doing the most. There's something about us, right? We we just don't like to wait. We think waiting is a waste of time. What? when I, when, I, when I go through like a to-go line at a, at a fast food place, I'm not a big fan of the, the two-window system. You pay in one window and you get your food in the other window because to me that's like, now i got to wait twice. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Why do I have to wait twice? You know what I like? Here's what I like. When I go through the to-go line... As I'm pushing my credit card in, you're pushing a bag of food out. <laughs> That's what I like. And you know what? A lot of us, we're like that with God, right? You know what we like? As I'm making my prayer request, God, you're pushing that answer out. Soon, as soon as I make that request, I don't want to wait. I don't want to go through that process. That is not me. It's so, and I don't understand it, so God here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I make that request, I want you to push that answer immediately out. I'm going to be frustrated. Listen, let me tell you something. Unfortunately, if you do not know how to wait on God, you will be frustrated your entire life. You will never be blessed. You will never be happy. You will never have joy because you will be totally... Listen, when we lean on our understanding, it makes no sense to wait. We don't understand that, right? The, the, the two-window system doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm sure they have their reasons. Some other things in life doesn't make any sense to me. See, just because you're waiting does not mean that God is not working. Look at this. Uh, uh, Psalm thirty-one, fifteen says, My times are in your hand. Rescue me. From the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. In other words, he made the declaration that says, you know what, God, I, I trust you. In my time, in your timing, it, it's in your hands. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to acknowledge you. And I'm going to acknowledge you that you're going to make my path straight. That means I can walk in his strength. That means I can go from strength to strength. And whether I go to school or whether I go to work or whether I, wherever I go in life and there's con- conflict, I can acknowledge him. And I say, you know what? I can acknowledge you and I trust you. You're going to make my path straight. Whenever I get that terrible phone call or bad news or or terrible news or some horrible news, that kind of gives you stress and anxiety. You can say, you know what? I'm going to I- I'm gonna acknowledge him. I'm going to trust him that he'll make my path straight. Here Proverbs 3, let me give you one more scripture. He says, you you can go to bed without fear. And you will lie down and sleep silently. That's, that's a blessing. That's to be blessed. Whatever the season, whatever the circumstance, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to lean on my understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you to make my past straight. And God, as a, re- a result of that, I mean, I, I can... I can sleep because just because I'm waiting doesn't mean you're not working. The last thing is this: if you're gonna if you're gonna make him a priority, not only do you trust him or acknowledge him, but but I, I honor him. I trust him, I acknowledge him, and I honor him. Here's what the proverb says: uh, Proverbs three, verse nine, says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will be bursting with wine." wine. In other words, he starts talking about giving the first. He talks about this first principle. He begins talking about partnering with God in the area of, of, of your finances for security. Uh, for, for my own safety and for my own security, I, I don't depend on my wealth. I, de, I depend on God's wealth. And, I, I, and listen, let me just tell you, just so we're tracking it, if, if your security... Is, is like in your bank account, if your security is in the stock market, whether it's a bull or a bear or whatever, uh, if, if, your, if your security is in your 401k, if, if your security is, is in some investments that you made, then I'm, I'm just telling you, based on his word, you're going to be an insecure person because you lose it all. You, you, you can lose it all. And so the only, only security that we have is in him. And as a result of that, I depend, I depend not on my wealth. I depend on his wealth. Look at this proverb uh, Philippians 419 says and my God will supply every of, Every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words It's God's wealth not your wealth that makes you secure It's God's wealth not your wealth that gives you joy It's God's wealth not your wealth that gives you that security and life and so as a result of that I I depend I depend on God's wealth and, and, and not my wealth because here's what I've learned. God is not limited to my capacity. Out of my giving, out of my honoring him with my wealth, and I've given you so many of testimonies in, in, in our life and other people's lives that God has done some unbelievable things in my life. When we planted this church, we, we moved here without the promise of income, without the promise of and we just trusted him. And here's what I learned. I learned God's limit is not limited to my capacity. When when I trust him, when I acknowledge him and when I honor him, then I get to I get to see God do some amazing things in my life because God God wants to bless you. And God wants to take care of you. And God doesn't want you to go from failure to failure. He wants you to go from strength to strength. And God wants you to be able to trust him and acknowledge him and honor him in every season of life so that you can say blesser or the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.